0: Welcome to Career Chat, where we discuss career stories to help find a path for you. I'm your host, Andrea LeBaron, and it's my goal to help you find meaningful work. Cindy Mitchell has spent the last 24 years working as the librarian at South Jordan Middle School, but she had a great idea after only a few years on the job to create a website where she would rate and review all the books she read. In 2003, Kiss the Book was born and continues today as a premier book review site covering the entire K-12 spectrum with over a thousand reviews a year. In this episode, we talk about how to find a book your kids will love, some overall general trends in children's literature, and we discuss the current issue of challenging and censoring library books. Cindy also shares what keeps her engaged in this passion project without making any money on it and what she would tell her kids about finding a career to love. Join me.
1: Welcome, Cindy, to Career Chat. I really appreciate you spending some time with me today.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm hoping that to get us started, you could introduce yourself to us, tell us a little bit about your family, Uh, maybe where you're from, and then what your current job title is.
2: So um, I'm Cindy Mitchell, and I actually grew up in Southern California, but when my husband and I got married, we moved to our home in downtown Salt Lake City. Um, For my whole career in education, I have been in middle school. Um, I do have two children, but we're empty nesters. They're both uh, in their late 20s so it's just my husband and I rambling around this house by ourselves which is actually kind of fun because we're both really busy right now but and no grandchildren yet which is a bummer. Their grandchildren make things much much fun more fun.
1: I hear that I am looking forward to that as well but not too soon I keep saying all, <laughs> no. all yeah, the both- time. <laughs>
2: Both of my kids are married, but uh, no signs of grandchildren yet, which is you know their choice to make. So uh, at the beginning of my career in education, I taught middle school, mostly geography, social studies. So seventh, eighth, ninth in the Jordan school district. Um, but eight years in, I decided to get my library credential. And so I became the librarian, um, mostly because The librarian that we had at my school, which I won't tell you the name of, um, was not very welcoming. She
1: was. I, you know what? I have talked about this with many people. I think there was kind of an old school librarian that many of us grew up with who, you know, I'm not naming names, but just someone who wasn't very welcoming, that always told you to be quiet, that didn't really want you. You know, um, browsing the books, and that type of librarian is very outdated these days. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yes. Well, because uh, with the old school librarian, it was more about protecting the books than it was getting the books to the children. Because you know, children are messy.
1: Yes. <laughs> very, absolutely very messy. <laughs> yes. I also had a. As I tell my kids occasionally. Uh, at school that I had a librarian similar to that when I was in grade school and I do not want to be that kind of librarian you know it's all about really enjoying the kids and getting the books to them
2: yeah yeah so I've been at South Jordan Middle School for 24 years now
1: Oh, wow. As a
2: librarian. So I've hit my 30 years, but I don't have any intention of stopping as long as I feel like I'm doing a good job and still growing.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, I love that you stayed in education um, and you have that teaching experience, which is probably really valuable to you as a librarian. But then you're also a librarian. And then The reason that I wanted to have you on, which is even more exciting and interesting, um, in addition to being a librarian, you also run um, a blog where you review books.
2: Yes, I do. Actually, um, two blogs. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so Kiss the Book, I started, well, so it all goes back to that first year that I was in the library. I was decided that I needed to read as many of the books that I possibly could. And I'm a fast reader. I'm a very fast reader. I always have been since I was a child. Um, And so I started reading around the library and I picked up a book. And as I read it, all of a sudden, you know, I encountered a scene where it was like, what? This is in this book? I mean, I don't wanna describe the scene. I don't even remember the name of the book, but it was like very, very off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like what else are in these books that I don't know about and how do I find out about what's actually in these books and so I started reading even more and tried to set a goal an impossible goal of reading every book before I put it in the library you know just totally impossible um but I decided that I would start keeping track of what I had read, that I had never kept a card file or anything, but I used, do you even remember Claris Works? was a web, it was a web page building software, and uh, I started keeping my own little web page online where I'd keep track of um, what the book was about, what I thought about the content issues, and uh, how much I thought um, I liked the book or not. Well, through UELMA, which you already mentioned, so other librarians heard about it and uh, they asked me if I would come and present to their district. And I found out that other districts are not as well funded as Jordan School District is, um, and they really needed to know about books before they would purchase them. So I started uh, sharing my information more widely. And then when I found out about the format of blogs, um, so let's see, I started about 2003 with sharing my reviews. And then 2006 is when I actually started Kiss the Book. And we used to do all of our reviews together, pre-K, because we review board books and we reviewed novels up to what we think would be for 12th grade. But then about um, five years ago, we split the elementary stuff off from the middle school and high school stuff. So we have kiss the book.blogspot.com. And then we have kiss the book JR, kiss the book junior.blogspot.com.
1: Great. And look, for those people that aren't familiar with Elma, um, this is how I got in touch with you. We were chatting before this interview. Um, I went to UELMA, is a conference for. Um, all school librarians in Utah. And I attended um, that conference a few years ago before COVID and um, went to a session that you led and where you talked about your blogs and talked about um, reviewing books. And so I've been using your sites ever since then um, and just felt like maybe this is something that um, parents would also like to be aware of um, because like you, you said, we just, we cannot read every book before we hand it to a child as much as I would love to do that as well. And I feel like I've, I, I am chasing books all the time, trying to, to um, read them, even if it's just partially to get a feel for what they're like, but, but it's just impossible to stay on top of all the good literature that's coming out. So I really appreciate um, your site.
2: So what really made kiss the book take off for me was I went to my first American Library Association conference
1: Mm.
2: uh, back in 2004 or five and there you have all the major publishers and dozens of smaller publishers and they have their new crop of books on display not the ones that some of them are the ones that just came out but others of them are what's coming out Mm. and And I was in the booth taking careful notes of all the books that I wanted to read and going around and taking pictures of titles and everything and I had a huge list. And I was in one publisher's booth and the publisher started talking to me and asked me what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I explained about the website that I had and everything. She's like, oh, well, would you like me to send you some books? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, you would... my mouth just dropped open it was like you would do that she goes oh yeah you just send us a copy of what you wrote about our books we'll be happy to send you books and so after that I went back to some of the other booths and started trying to talk to the people in the booth and finding out they did the same thing and um, so from there I started making contacts in publishing and so now uh, instead of having go to the public library and check out dozens of books every week to go through, uh, mostly the publisher send me books to review.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's, um, I mean, you do, you are doing them a service by getting the word out about their book, but yes, you should be receiving those as well. Let's talk a little bit about your site. Um, can you like tell us, what you think is the best way to navigate your site? Like I, when I use it, I just type in the title, um, and so I guess if you know the name of a book that you're, um, you know, wondering about, that's certainly the way that you can pull up the review uh, if you have one. But like, let's, what if you don't know the name of a book, but you're looking for a good book for a certain age group? Is there a way to um, navigate your site?
2: so the best way to navigate the site is first of all through the labels that we have okay so so we rate every book and and remember our our goal is to help school librarians in the state of utah choose the books for their libraries assuming that they have different levels of funding for their libraries so anything that's related um labeled as essential we think that every library in that particular age group should have the book because kids are going to want it. And once they read it, they're going to pass it on to their friends. So the first thing that I would do is um, find my library level and then click on, so like if I have a K through three school, which is pretty common in some parts of Utah, I would click on elementary, lower, essential that's one of the labels and then look at everything that we've labeled as essential for that age group you know we so we have middle school essential and high school essential
1: okay that, so that that's also a way that a parent could say um you know these are books that are essential that my child would love
2: yeah exactly okay. exactly um now for the the next label is advisable so those books where there may be there's gonna be more advisable books. And then you choose the subjects that would appeal to your students more. Like my students, for example, really love fantasy. So I'm gonna look at all the fantasy books. Um, other schools like historical fiction or realistic more. And so that you would look at those kinds of books and then choose out of all the advisables, which ones you would want to get. And then the next level down from that is optional which is um, are these available for free at the book fair for example you know, <laughs> using, using your book fair profits you know are they available in paperback um, that kind of thing and so if you can get them more cheaply maybe you want to have them uh, and then uh, our fourth label is not recommended
1: mm-hmm.
2: and there there are not as many but there are some books that we recommend that libraries at least not worry about having trying to fit them into their collection
1: and is that because can i just ask would you not not recommend a book because of content or it's not age appropriate or what would
2: um so a lot of the times it's because of poor writing poor editing we just don't think that the book actually engages the reader the way the author thought that they wanted it to it may be that the audience is not ready for that kind of a book, so they misjudge who the actual readers of the book would be, like it's meant for a lower elementary level, but the information is way too complicated for them to understand. Uh, but most, mostly it's because I we just don't think that it was a, a well-written book, and you're welcome to go on the site and click on those not recommended. You'll see there's not that many of them. Right. But they, they definitely are there. If there's content issues with the book, well, let's, fin- let's finish with labels and navigating first. Okay. So, so besides the recommendations, we also have subject labels. And on the website, there's a, on the blog, there is a list of all of the different subject labels. So like, we don't just have one fantasy label. We have like, do you want books with dragons? Then you should be looking at fire breathers and friends. Do you want books about princesses? Then you should be looking at crowns and thorns. And so you can look through that list of labels and see what kind of a book does my student actually looking for?
1: Yes, I think that's so helpful. Those are kind of like subgenres within a genre.
2: Right, exactly. Um, and the reason that those started was because in my school library, I actually have printed lists of all the subgenres that I recommend in my school. And so a kid might have a list of 100 books that are all about um, kids with secrets to hide.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, Can you keep a secret is the name of that particular list. Oh, yes. nice. And I thought that since my students really enjoy using those lists that maybe other kids would want to look at those. So we started using the labels on the blog.
1: Well, that's so, so great because I can't tell you how many times I'll have a, a kid come to me. I'm, I'm looking for a book that just has dragons, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't have a section of books about dragons, but I know that this, this, and this book have dragons in them. Let's see if any of these would work for you. So that yeah. is really,
2: really helpful. So if you on the, if you're on the blog, you might see on the right-hand side, something that says library advisory. If you click on that, that takes you to my other website or my supplemental website in my school website. And one of those is what I call them reading ladders instead of just book lists. And all the reading ladders are up to date on that particular website. So you can actually see what's on in my school.
1: I love that. Cindy, this is so helpful. I think, I mean, it's super helpful for me as a librarian, but I really think this could be helpful for parents. And I hope that's um, something that you encourage as well because you know, sometimes I know I felt overwhelmed as a parent, um, trying to find a book for a child who loves to read and is going through lots of books. And then also for a child who doesn't like to read or is a, what we call a reluctant reader. Yeah. And, and just knowing that you have all of these options. <clears throat> I also really like how you put like the, um, you're good about rating like how many swear words are in it and all of that because <laughs> you kind of want to know, you know, what you're getting into. And well,
2: going, going back to that first book that I found in my school library that kind of, you know, woke me up to the variety of what's in school libraries. Um, I really felt I needed to have some way to indicate content if you look at professional reviews, they never tell you. They mm-hmm. never tell you what you're going to find in the book. They always say things like it uses um, language that kids will understand, or you know the language of the street, or it's very raw or gritty, or you know they just use code words. They don't actually tell you what's in it. And I right. figure if you know from the start what's in the book and what the book is about and how much someone else who read it loved it or didn't love it, then you can make a more informed choice about whether you want to bring that book into your library. I mean, my assumption would be that you're not just rejecting a book because it uses the F word in it, Mm. that you're really looking at the book and thinking, oh, well, they really, you know, regardless of the fact that it has the F word in it or some little bloody violence in it, this is still a a compelling book that's really well-written that my students will love. And so I know upfront what I'm getting into when I buy the book, so that if there's questions about it, then I can say, you know what? Yes, it has this in it, but when you read the book as a whole, then you are getting a compelling piece of writing that is going to draw your student in and help turn them into a reader.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because there's right now this big discussion, right? That's going right. on about pulling books and censoring books. And <clears throat> I, I know I've had discussions at my school with teachers and, and just with friends about this. And I, you know, personally, I, I don't necessarily want my child reading books with, you know, that kind of content, but I feel very strongly that I don't, I should not be pulling a book because I disagree with it personally. I think that is such a slippery slope. And I'd love to hear your opinion about, you know, censorship and books, because, you know, you are making judgment calls about books and, and laying out what's in them, but, Um, You're not necessarily advocating that a book shouldn't be in your library.
2: So I think the books that the parents have the most problem with are the maturation type books Mm -hmm. where they're teaching their children about their bodies and how their bodies work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a really hard call as a school librarian. You know, do I want these maturation books in my school library? And I think that that's where some of the biggest ones, like the book, *Gender Queer*, mm. you know, that's a maturation type book. If I'm gay, then what is my experience going to be like? And that particular book does become fairly graphic. Now, once you've chosen the book for your school, then your responsibility is to um, support that book. Right. You know, hopefully you chose it in a responsible way by looking at a multitude of reviews and so that you have at least an inkling of what's in the book. Right. Um, And so that once you have it, you have to support that book. Right. You know, you don't have- Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, um, and I know in our district and I'm, and I'm sure in your district as well, there's a, a protocol for challenging a book. If a parent is upset with the content of a book, there is a protocol for saying, hey, I, I don't agree with having this book in the library. And the book remains on the shelf while that process plays out. Have you ever had that happen
2: Uh, I have had book challenges. In fact, I had one early on in my career by a book that I thought was excellent. And what actually happened from that particular challenge is that we expanded our protections for school librarians in the books Mm -hmm. that they choose. Our policy before that time was not minimal, but it was still left a lot of room for interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we rewrote our policy that year. So our school librarians had a lot more guidance and a lot more protection and laid out more specifically the process for challenging a book.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really important.
2: So what happens is that somebody reads something in a book that's out of context. And, and that's what happened with my first challenge is like, if you just read this one paragraph and use that to challenge the whole book then you don't understand what built to that particular paragraph happening it wasn't even particularly um there was no swearing in the book and that particular passage wasn't even particularly graphic but the pictures that you build in your mind from what you read from a book are sometimes much more than what's actually written on the page Um, and so when you read the book as a whole and see what built towards that particular scene then you understand. However, what's happening with the particular challenges that are going around right now, I don't think that those parents are going to actually read the whole book. They're gonna say that I've already read one obscene paragraph, so I don't wanna force myself to read this whole book. Well, then they're never gonna understand what the purpose of that particular paragraph was.
1: Right. And I think that, you know, it's totally appropriate for a parent to say to their child, you know, this isn't a book that supports our family values, or this isn't a book that I would like my child to read. But that doesn't mean that that parent can say, I, do, I want that book off the shelf for every other child as well.
2: Exactly. And the other thing that starts happening is that the students start hiding what they're reading from their parents. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then I'm just not going to show you what I'm reading.
1: Right. And how much better to, to say, Hey, let me read it as well. And then let's have a discussion about it. I think, you know, ideally that would be great. And then you could say, Hey, can you see how maybe this doesn't fit into our family culture or, you know, I have a real problem with this part of the book or whatever. I just, I just think that, um, Yeah, there's just so many ways to go about it besides wanting to have that book completely removed. But it's interesting to me that the the genesis for this idea came from you reading a paragraph in a book that you um, were kind of surprised by, and you wanted to let people know about it. And that's why I think this comes back to your site, which is so helpful Um, and you know your reviews are pretty detailed which I really appreciate I want to know how you feel like your site is different than like other sites like Goodreads
2: well so so we don't do collective reviewing on our site I mean every once in a while you'll run into where we two of us have read the same book and reviewed it but that's very infrequent and I really think that the the combination of so uh, how to explain this so when it comes to the content of a book we re- re-rate three different things we look at uh the swearing the language in the book we look at the mature content and we look at the violence and uh because it's the only system that really exists and is universally understood, we give each one of those things its own rating based on the Motion Pictures Association of America rating system. So that some, a book may be PG-13 for language, but have no other content issues in it. And then you, so you decide which kinds of content, work for your audience. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I, I really like that because I think it's a a rating system that most people can totally relate to, you know, that they, they look at something and go, Oh, okay. That's an R rated for language, or that's R rated for violence, or that's R rated for sexual content. And then, you know, you immediately kind of know what you're getting into like, Oh, well, I, for me personally, I'm a K through five um library i'm definitely not going to want to have buy a book that's r-rated in any sense
2: exactly so that is something that i've never seen anywhere on any other review site sometimes reviewers will have like what are their problems in a book and they'll talk about it a little bit but i haven't seen anything like ours and then the other thing is rating the books ab- about how important they are to have in the library
1: yes i appreciate that also
2: so we don't rate them on necessarily their their literary quality
1: right (laughs) but it's the readability of the book right
2: yeah the overall package and how it works together and i try to keep in my mind will kids tell each other about this book
1: i like that because you know when they are telling their friends Oh, you got to get this book. It's yeah. a great, it's a great book for that. Well, age, and the think. best
2: thing is when a kid comes up to me with another friend and says, "Oh, my friend wants to check this book out."
1: Yes, I'm I like, love okay, that. Okay, well,
2: let's transfer it to them <laughs> right now. Right now, I
1: love that also. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the reviewers that you have. Um, are these paid? Do you pay your
2: reviewers? Uh, no. Okay. So this None is of us like get volunteer paid for anything. So okay. just so you know what, Fred, I don't make any money whatsoever off Give kiss the book. We don't have any advertisers, nothing. Uh, the only thing I get is, you know, if the publisher has sent me a physical copy of the book and most of those end up in my school library or they end up scattered around the valley in little free libraries yes. all over the place. So if somebody's a reviewer, the only payment they get is the books that they read.
1: Okay. And, and many,
2: can...
1: I am sure many people would be totally satisfied with
2: that. <laughs> Book yeah, lovers. So, so when I started, it was just me all by myself, of course. And then I actually had um, a student review, a student group, a student library group. And so we have ha- had student reviewers in the past and occasionally in the present day. And then I I don't remember who my first um, co reviewer was now anymore, but I found another librarian who was interested in helping me for a while. And then I started teaching uh, for the Jordan School District a professional development class called new young adult literature, because they had lost the people that were teaching that class in the past so I I volunteered to take it over. And then from that class, members of the class asked um, if I needed help. And I'm like, oh, yes, I always need help. Um, So I have had up to 20 reviewers at, at one point because of COVID and changes in life. I'm down to about eight consistent reviewers right now. So we're a little bit slower than we have been in the past but uh, they're a mix of school librarians and people who are teachers. We've had public librarians. One of my original student reviewers still reviews for me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> which was is really awesome. It was funny because, you know, people are always, when they first start reviewing, they're really worried about, oh, I've got to get this done really fast, you know, read it and get it done. Well, this particular student reviewer actually left on a and a mormon mission mm-hmm. and when she came back she finished up the books that she still had <laughs> So <laughs> that's is, real dedication yeah it's real and it's perfectly fine with me and i've had reviewers in new york i've had reviewers in texas um you know and a lot of people come and go are you looking for
1: reviewers? Like, if someone's listening to this, going, uh, that would be the perfect job for me, or, <laughs> or you know, a volunteer for yeah. me experience, like, are, do you have a, a process of evaluating people to become reviewers?
2: Um, I do. So, my um, email uh-huh. is ki- kiss the book at me.com. So, K I S S T H E B O O K at me.com. And, uh, if you send me an email telling me that you're interested in becoming a reviewer, then I have a package of documents and a, a letter explaining what you need to do to, uh, interview, to be a reviewer. Yeah. And then how that whole process goes. So, I mean, most of them obviously live here along the Loisach front. But as I said, I've had reviewers for a time in other states. And yeah. you know, book rate is a really great um, mailing rate. Oh, so that's I, don't, awesome. I don't feel bad about emailing books. In fact, I have a pretty consistent reviewer down in Southern Utah. And she can't make it up to look at the books. And so I just she just says, send me some more books. And so I'll send her a box of books.
1: That's great. I will definitely include that email address in our show notes. Do you personally have a favorite genre?
2: So I would always say that my favorite genre is fantasy. Mm. Uh, I have some personal favorites that I go back to time and time again. Um, Anne McCaffrey, Mercedes Lackey, Elizabeth Moon. Um, Authors that have written books for adults mostly but still love getting those fantasy books but honestly I will read almost anything my first year in that library I had a boy who wanted me to read a I think it was a baseball book and he would come back a couple of times a week Mrs. Mitchell have you read it yet have you read it yet I'm like why I hate sports, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I just realized, you know, this kid wants to share this experience with me. So I read it and I loved it. Oh, interesting. And so now, and so now I read, I mean, I read the sports books and I read the romance books and I read the horror books and the what was the name books? of that? Do you remember the name of that baseball book? Um, I think it was one of Carl Duker's books. Hmm. Um, I, I'm almost positive that that, and I think it was heart of a champion.
1: Mm, that's so great. Do you have a, a, like, what was the last good book that you read?
2: Oh, that, that you me, loved? That, that. so that's a, an impossible task because <laughs> I read, um, I originally said that my goal was to read a book every day. Oh, so wow. 365 novels in a year during the summer I used to and sometimes still do two or three books a day
1: that's incredible so, so do you have a count of how many books you've read over oh
2: no no I don't I, if I I I could go on kiss the book and like do a search for my own name maybe and see how many books show up you've read yeah but uh, no, I have no idea how many novels I've read. Thousands. I tell the kids, know, yeah, I've got um, like seven thousand fiction books in my library, and i probably read eighty-five to ninety percent of them.
1: Oh, that's amazing!
2: So that's the uh, uh,
1: the the advantage of being in the in the position that you're in for a long time. You have so much institutional knowledge. Well, that... and
2: I, I just I am fast. It's ridiculous. Like. If I can sit down with a book and concentrate on it, I can finish a middle grade book in under an hour.
1: Well, wow. so, so you are you are in a great job for you.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm very um, visual in my head. I build a there's a move when I'm reading a book and I'm immersed in it, there's a movie going on in my head. And so the book moves along much faster than if you were to read the individual words yes on the page
1: oh, right do you um are you noticing any trends in kids literature right now
2: um kids books well first of all let's be honest since since i started reading 24 years ago for the middle grade they have gotten um, much darker mm-hmm. they have Uh, gotten much there there is a lot more content if I go back to look at our first reviews and look at our reviews now especially for high school they have kind of said oh you know don't don't worry about the swears just whatever you need to put in there and I don't mind if the swears um mean something but I still don't like being sworn at just to swear at me right Right uh, that, that's and I think that's the same for most people once they reach an adult level. Uh, so they, they and middle school, especially, I've noticed that they're bringing a lot more issues books into the middle school.
1: And I've noticed that with kids as well, kids literature. It's a and lot the, of issues.
2: and for the most point part, it's really good. yeah probably one of my least favorite uh, middle school trends is the 12 year old girl who has severe crippling anxiety. Mm. There are a lot of those kinds of books. Yes. (laughs) And I, it's one of my least favorite. However, I've talked to the counselors at my school Mm -hmm. and they say, their their number one reason that girl that kids especially girls come talk to them is friendship drama yeah that girls can't get over their friendship groups changing Mm. and then um anxiety and depression are number two and number three for them
1: so books are are kind of reflecting the overall trends in society
2: or I, I don't know if it's even necessarily a societal trend, but it's a recognition that we have, that mm-hmm. these are issues that probably children have always had because children have always dealt with bullies. They've always dealt with friendship drama and we're just being more upfront about it. Yeah. And um, we're just- now recognizing other issues that children have dealt with a long, for a long time like um, being groomed by child predators. That's an important one. I don't think that makes very comfortable for parents Mm -hmm. to see a book that's trying to explain to a child what grooming might look like. But it may be important for a kid to realize how they're being manipulated by an adult. Yeah. You know, but also dealing with parents who are um, not, useful or helpful to them because they're dealing with their own issues. Yeah. So those issues oriented books, it's not because our society has changed so much. It's because we're recognizing that those are things that kids are already have been dealing with.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, Literature, in my opinion, is just grown so much in the last 20 years into more of this type of addressing issues I mean if you look at the books that were written before Harry Potter I always tell my kids at the school (laughs) there's before Harry Potter and there's after Harry Potter and I grew up before Harry Potter Um, but there's just such a wide variety of, of reading material for kids these days, which I really love. I think there's the really fun, uh, you know, books that have just a great plot that pulls you in, but then there are these other books that are issue related and that could really resonate with a child.
2: Yeah. If you, if you look at the different age levels, what you re, what you have, hasn't really changed for kids if you look at what's available for elementary that most popular books are either books with animals as the main characters mm-hmm. or fart joke books
1: <laughs> and then those are popular <laughs>
2: yes and then as they move into middle grade it there are a lot of issue books but the majority of middle grade books are fantasy books mm. they're fantasy then when you go to the high school, all of a sudden, there's a really big change. And most of the books that are available for high school are very mature now. That's true. Like, this is what adult relationships look like. And we may want to protect our kids from those kinds of things. But I saw, you know, somebody said, you know, we want to take these books out of the library, but we've given our kids a phone. And yeah. you never know what's gonna what they're going to be looking up on their own phone. And so I kind of understand you know, the kids in high school are working towards thinking that they're ready for adult relationships. You know, so even if they're fantasy books, even if they're romance books, they tend to be looking at them from the lens of, I'm going to be in some serious relationships. You know, so they're much. Um, I don't even know how to describe books for high school. It's a, that's why I'm still in middle school after 24 years. (laughs) And that's why I need people. That's why I need reviewers who are willing to read those high school level books for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of your blog is you don't have to read all of those books yourself. You can read the (laughs) review, which is so helpful. I want to just, um, as we're wrapping up here, I want to talk just briefly about how you balance, um, what I would call maybe a passion project. I think you've mentioned that this, um, kiss the blog or kiss the book blog is a passion for you. You're not getting paid to do it. Um, so how do you balance spending time towards your passion as well as trying to work your job?
2: Well, the, the nice thing is that it it's directly related to my job. So, I mean, I don't spend my time at school reading books, obviously, because uh, that's once in a blue moon where I might find a half an hour to read something, but, um, I do, I mean, I'm on the computer all day long anyway. So mm-hmm. if I have 15 minutes to type up a review, I'll go ahead and do it. Because I figure that if, if you look at the, what are they called? The, the the things that we're graded on as teachers. One of those things is sharing our knowledge with others to increase their experience also professional development not just attending professional development but also giving professional development and so I don't spend a large amount of time on kiss the book while I'm at work but I will do a little bit here or there but yeah, you know, really it's not that it interferes with my school life it's that you know when my husband and I both come home our home time is really home time. We don't spend a lot of time going out, doing other things. Even when our kids were young, our time was home time once we got home from work because we were gone all day. And so we'll all gather together in the front room and we may each be doing our own thing, but we're doing our own thing together in the same (laughs) room.
1: And so are you spending time on your blog at home after work?
2: Yeah. 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 Weekends. My, my husband's work day week, week is Tuesday to Saturday. And so Saturday is when I'll do a lot of work for yeah. Kiss the Book. So what fuels you?
1: What, what keeps you doing that? Because that is taking up a lot of time, right? Books
2: are great. i would much rather read a book than watch a movie or tv you know i'm happy to let my husband watch football while i'm sitting there reading a book or updating things on the blog
1: so what have you what have you learned in this process of like launching this passion project like what advice would you give to someone who wants to do it but isn't sure how to go about it
2: well so You have to remember, I don't make any money off of Kiss the Book, so I'm not sure that I've actually launched anything. I mean, because everybody will tell you that, you know, your measure of your success is how much money you're making off of something like this, but I don't make any money off of this. I just love the fact that I can share great reading with other people. I mean, I don't I don't um, stress about how many followers we have or how many views we got. I mean, I hope we get followers and I hope we have views because publishers care about that kind of thing. Um, I do want to mention that my favorite way to look at the reviews is on our Pinterest account. Oh, okay, Yeah. Kiss the book has a Pinterest account. Obviously, it's just called Kiss the book. It because there I have all of my boards and the boards are way easier to see. And then you can click on a a picture on a board and they'll take you to the review. Oh, perfect. So if I I were a stranger to Kiss a Book, what I would actually say is follow me on Pinterest. Okay. And look at the boards. That's a really fun way to look at the whole thing. I'm always a little bit behind on getting everything to Pinterest, but it gets there eventually, and it's a fun way to look at everything. We we also do have a Goodreads account, but I um it's I have to figure out how many different things I want to keep up to date. So right now it's just Pinterest and the blog. Yeah. So the Goodreads account is really not being kept up to date.
1: Well, that's a, a good point that you do kind of have to choose you know what are the priorities and what you're going to spend the time on and I think that makes a lot of sense
2: yeah I I can and as you can see I'm not very apt when it comes to social media because I haven't figured out any way to make any money off of this whole thing (laughs) (laughs) I mean if somebody out there is listening to this and is a uh a social media guru and wants to join kiss the book for that i would love to have a, a social media guru
1: <laughs> well that's a great that's a great point um just as a final question do you have any career advice that you would give uh maybe to your students or or your own kids um something that you would want them to know uh,
2: well i really think that what you do for a career If you can figure it out, it needs to be also something that's part of your heart.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: Uh, My my son went to college and graduated in a career that he actually doesn't, uh, graduated with a degree that he doesn't have anything to do with nowadays. Because he thought that was a fun pet project, but he realized that, you know, now he's teaching high school chemistry. Mm and loving it he didn't realize that he loved um doing something completely different so i I mean don't be afraid um to explore and find out what really keeps you going
1: i love that i think that's such great advice
2: i mean if i could make a, a living off of the kiss the book i'm not even sure that i would quit being a school librarian because i love being with the kids in the building and having that chance to recommend books to them on a personal level because if i were only doing kiss the book who's listening to me well at school librarians that's great but the books are for the kids they're not for me i i i can enjoy them but they're not meant for me. They're, they're meant for my students. And so it's important to get the books into their hands. So that's, I don't know that that's great career advice.
1: Uh, No, but I absolutely, I, I totally agree with that. And I feel the very same way. And I think you have to, you, you obviously know yourself and know that your interaction with the kids is one of those things that you love about your job.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at your day and you hate actually going to work, then you've got to figure out what's gone wrong because you can, you can be a clerk in a store and still love what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. Cindy, this has been such a great interview. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you for finding Kiss the Book and caring about what we do.
0: Thanks for joining me today on Career Chat. Any links we talked about will be in the episode notes. You can find me on Instagram at Career Chat Pod. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. See you next time.